And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to the first podcast of 2023. We pause this broadcast for a special bulletin. Ooh, we've <laughs> never had that before. No, we haven't. But Molly, before we start Fastened Like Nails today, I thought we would introduce at least our engineers behind the scenes. Yes. We have Rainy Gleisch. Mm-hmm sound engineer and tech engineer and we have Kaylin on the other side Mm -hmm. Uh, ladies thank you for your help today and uh, though I can't see your faces behind that large screen we know you oh there's Kaylin so uh, and there's (laughs) there's Rainy (laughs) so a lot goes into these podcasts Mm -hmm. Um, but today's going to be a little different we were getting ready to do Proverbs to start the new year off but we had some surprise guests today. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked in at around 4 o'clock today, and I thought saw all these children going around. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And not just a few children. There were nine of them, mm. and a mom and dad. And <clears throat> we have them in the studio with us today. So Jason, not all nine children. No, not the nine children. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Annabelle, and Allie. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having nice us. Thanks to be here. Okay, so the reason you're here, you don't know yet. So we're going to find out what that reason is. Molly, you ready for this? Yes. So Molly, these are refugees. Oh. (laughs) I definitely need more context. (laughs) The first time I met them today, they looked at me and they said that they've been traveling through the United States and they have to get back to Canada by tomorrow, right? Oh, wow. By the end of the week, yeah. By the end of the week. Canada. If not, they're going to get fined and, you know, they've got to get back. That's where they're from. Mm. They're Canadians. No Letchworth today then. Uh, no, no, let's with today. And they actually want to actually come to the country and be citizens, right? We would like to do that. Yeah. Yes, Wait, so you guys are all Canadian? Yes, ma'am. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Well, no, just the mom and dad are. The kids are. <laughs> the kids just kind of have floated in from the outers. And... <laughs> so. <laughs> Travel to America to have the kids. <laughs> so, okay, so you have nine children. Yes, sir. And um, previous to this. Um, you worked in a church. You were the operations manager. Yes, sir. And you did that for how many years? Uh, almost four years. Four years. And since then, you've been getting ready to do what? Well, we've been traveling around, and we uh, uh, I've been working on some kind of independent projects with some other friends that we're working on, kind of in the lines of family and marriage and, and trying to build those. But uh, trusting God to lead us to the next step and uh, and looking for open doors and looking for closed doors and trying okay. to take appropriate direction. Mm. Can you think of any Bible verses that would um, cause you to have that kind of thinking? What, what's, what's led you to think that you could actually do something like that, to trust God like you are right now? Um, well, a recurring verse that has come across again and again this year uh, I'll give you a little story to this. We were driving around in Florida uh, last March, and uh, we were flipping through the— Ali had just been explaining, you know, I feel like the Lord is telling us to take the next step and, like, look to the future and don't look behind and see where he's leading us and uh, and sell our house is actually what the conversation was about. You sold mm-hmm. your house already, too? No, not until that point we hadn't sold it, but I had been feeling that God was saying, this is the time to sell your house. Get rid of the escape clause, the plan B, like we can mm. go back to where we came Uh from, go back to Egypt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or you got leaks and... Oh, wow. That's right. Yep. So we're driving down and she's explaining this and I'm flipping through the radio station and I flip Mm -hmm. on a sermon and I'm like, well, just skip past the sermon looking for some music. And (laughs) Allie says, well, why don't you go back to that 
Huh. Yeah. I said, <clears throat> maybe maybe God wants to tell us something through that sermon. So, so we flip back. I mm-hmm. flip back and I listen to my wife and I guess listened to, to God through my wife. And well, wait, wait, wait. Time out. You know, the last time someone did that. You know, Adam listened to his wife. And got a bunch of <laughs> that the last Sometimes the you first? win. <laughs> first time. Sometimes you learn, I guess. <laughs> okay, so you, for those of you that are listening, I'm sorry, I did not mean that. <laughs> so we, fl- I flip back, and this preacher is on, and he's talking about, I believe it's Isaiah 43. I used to have it memorized. It's in Isaiah, but it's the, it's that exact verse, basically. Uh, don't don't look behind. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Ooh, don't look at the I past, and I, I'll make rivers in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, et, et cetera. And this guy says it like three times in wow. two minutes. Oh, didn't he? And then I turned it off. I know. We said, we don't <laughs> and we just looked anymore. at each other because she had just been saying that exact thing. And it's like, okay, I think we need to sell the house. Wow. So okay. We, can, I, can I challenge you a little bit? Sure, you, you can. Know, yeah. And, you know, if, if this podcast doesn't work out real well, we'll just delete it. <laughs> but if it's good, we're going to keep it. And I think it's going to be good. And here's what I challenge you with. So you've mentioned the word feelings a couple times. And so mm. that makes me really, really cautious, you know, when I hear someone say feelings. Because a lot of people, mm. you know, they get this feeling. But mm. if the feeling doesn't accompany itself with God's word, then we really can't make those kinds of decisions. So it was kind of cool that, Ellie, you said, maybe God wants to speak to us, you know, through that, through that sermon. And that's, that's really how God always speaks through his word and through his prophets mm-hmm. and through his mm-hmm. pastors and teachers. And so that's really cool that you did that and that God confirmed it not just once but three times. It's not easy to live trusting the Lord like that. Mm-mm. That takes a lot of faith, especially when things don't turn out the way you think they're going to turn out right away. But one of the things we can rest assured of is that God is, even if we make mistakes, if we do it by faith, he is never going to leave us nor forsake us. You know, that's that's one of the blessings of walking by faith because you can make mistakes and God's still going to carry you along mm-hmm. because you did it because you wanted to please the Lord. You know, so yeah. you can make mistakes and well, God's Allie still with you. Well, Ali said that. Exactly. Almost that exact thing on the way here today. So <laughs> oh, I told her about this. You know, we're trying. She's like, we don't know what the next step is, but we're attempting to follow the Lord's will and his voice and his leading. And and we don't really know what that means next. Yeah. And maybe we're making mistakes along the way, but that's all right. We're giving it a shot. That's all right. <laughs> giving her the old college try. Proverbs chapter mm-hmm. three, trust in the Lord with all your mm-hmm. heart and don't lean. Mm-hmm. Literally, the word lean means don't use it as a crutch. Don't like don't have those alternatives like, okay, if it doesn't happen here, I'll go here. But mm. trust God fully. Um, don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways. And that word ways is an interesting word. It carries the idea more to do with your character. In all your ways, continue to grow in your, as you're discerning God's will, continue to grow in Christ mm. as a family. You know, and then God will take care of the rest. You know, that's the best part about living for Christ is that, we don't really have to be anxious or worry about anything. He'll lead us to the next step. Mm. We're exactly where he wants us. Mm. Um, and then it says this. Don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's the same word that Adam knew his wife. Mm. In all your ways, know him. Know him intimately. Um, and then, what does it say next? Do you know what it says next? He will direct your paths. Okay, okay and then what's after that? You lean not on your own understanding. Be not, be not wise. In, in your, your own, own eyes. eyes. <laughs> Fear the like Lord. <laughs> Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fearing the Lord is learning to love what God loves, hating what God hates, 
and um, and continuously departing from evil. When he gives us his prayer, you know, Heavenly our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God wants us to continue. He says, he'll give us our daily bread. We need three things. We need we need our daily bread, the resources to be able to carry on. We need forgiveness of sins. And then what does he say next? On earth, thy will be done. We want God's will to be done. That's what you're looking mm-hmm. for, right? That yes. is so you want his will for. to be done. You need the resources to follow him. And you need to live in continual, perpetual forgiveness. And if those three things happen in our lives, God's going to just keep opening the doors. Mm-hmm. There's no reason he wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... This looks pretty good. I like this idea, Molly, of living by faith. You've been reading some biographies lately. Yeah. And uh, does that connect with what you've been reading? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I um, was reading Moody, Carmichael, and Mueller because I was looking for wisdom in my life, too. And uh, I was. it's kind of like a daunting thing to figure out what God's will is. I think in the back of my head, I was hoping for just this huge God moment where, like, you know, Moses had this flaming bush, <laughs> and he walks up to it, and he's like, no, I don't really want that. And God's like, this is all I'm going to be doing through you. And then he was still, like, questioning, but then God, like, made a way and made it so clear what he was supposed to do. And so then, you know— when this decisions come about like okay what's god's plan for my life he's not like burning bush moment which is really kind of scary i mean i'm sure he still does that when it's needed but um i don't know there's a little bit more faith <laughs> in the okay why don't you just follow me and pursue what i have for you and that was definitely true in the lives of the people that i was reading about in the commentaries and what was before you go there though moses though he he started to have a lack of faith, even after we saw the burning bush. And then he started to negotiate with God and saying, mm. like, I can't even speak real well. And God says, okay, n- enough complaining. Let me, I'll give you your brother to speak for you. Mm-hmm. Moses didn't need his brother. Right. He could, have, he could have been the one to take this thing all the way to Pharaoh. But God, sometimes if we do, if we, if we falter along the way and God says, okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll give someone else to help you finish Well, it kind of goes with what we had been learning about in Mark, where it was talking about faith and God to like add to our faith. And I think like Moses could have seen the bigger miracle of God using him, a guy who was yeah. stuttering, but because of his small faith, God was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, use, yeah. I'll go smaller if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, Molly's talking, re- referencing Mark chapter four, where it talks about, you know, when you come to God and you give him your measuring cup, you know, it talks about with what measure you measure, it should be measured to you again. And mm-hmm. it's talking about bringing to God a measuring cup. So whatever mm-hmm. cup you bring, whatever measuring cup you bring to God, he's going to fill whatever you bring him. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, whatever, what measure you meet, he will measure it to you again. Mm-hmm. And it says more will be added to you. And so God will give you more than you. So if you bring a small cup, he'll f- fill it and he'll give you a little bit more. But if you bring Molly and I decided we're going to bring the ocean, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring the ocean. Fill the ocean, Lord, and we'll take it from there. And big. We've not seen God not answer those kinds of prayers. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this is this was just Christmas time, right? This past month, and this is where we, you know, we're a nonprofit organization, and you know, at the end of the year, we we really operate in the red. If <laughs> people didn't give us gifts to support what we do, we couldn't do it. People think like we sell books, you know, for to help support part of our ministries and audio dramas. That doesn't support us. That just helps us barely, not even break even. It, it, we just can't do it. Hmm. And so this past month, you know, we were going to come shy of a couple hundred thousand dollars. But it was just like, God's got us, guys. We just mm-hmm. had so much confidence. He's had us for 35 years. Mm-hmm. 
you know, why would he stop having us now? You know, there's not any real breach here. There's no real sin that, you know, anyone can say there's something wrong here. And so God, mm. we just let, left it in the Lord's hands. And, and uh, just last week, three days ago, um, a $50,000 check came in, mm. you know, from, this is so cool. Someone called us and said, hey, do you guys need, need some support? How, where's your support level right now? And when he asked me, I was like, actually, our needs are pretty well met right now. We're just kind of like, we're okay. We don't have any great mm. needs right now. We're like, we're doing okay. And he goes, okay, thanks for telling me. And I got off the phone. I'm thinking like, why couldn't you have said we need a million dollars? You know, why, <laughs> why didn't I say something big? Like, I need a lot of money, you know. And, but it, God seems to always meet our needs at the time we need them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't oh. seem to give it. At Lamplighter, he doesn't seem to ever give us anything early. Except for this past <laughs> couple of days, he, this $50,000 check came in. You should have seen. I was crying and, and laughing and, and everything else. And then a day, the next day, another $50,000 came in. And then another $5,000 came in. And another $2,000. And another $2,000. And another $2,000. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> over $140,000 came in just this past week. Really? Yeah. Molly, we were just, we were dancing around Lamplighter, just praising God. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, it was amazing. Was it designated for anything? Uh, it wasn't designated for the building fund. So we're getting ready to build a $7 million building, hmm. you know, that we don't have the money for. But I'm not worried about it. God's got it that, right? Through. Yeah. No, so we have to, we have to grow here. Mm-hmm. We're limited in everything. We don't have any more room in the bindery. And one public school wanted to order 70,000 books. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Just one book, one title, 70,000 copies in Michigan. What? And so I'm thinking like, okay, this is the time. Which book was it? Sir Malcolm and the Missing Prince. Wow. This Mm. is the time. Public schools, there are Christians in some of these public schools, Mm. Christian administrators and superintendents, teachers, parents, board members. Then they're like, what do we do? You know, we're, we're running out of time. This woke agenda is permeating everything. Our kids need godly role models. And Lamplighter books give that. And so I'm thinking like, okay, Lord, let's do it. Mm. Let's, 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 I, I've got a plan. We, I, I want to take these books and permeate the public school system wherever God will allow us to do it. Christian schools, homeschools, I want to get them into every avenue possible, hospitals and prisons. And but God's given us the resource. He's given us a treasure. We mm. cannot bury this treasure. We've got to get it out. And so we need to expand here. Our shipping and bindery and um, recordings. You're in our recording studio, right? Yes. We had we we sometimes have 22 to 26 actors in here. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to imagine. I know we we stack them triple high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so all of that to say that God will meet our needs mm. when we need something. But wait a minute, let's go back. Where did all this get? St- oh, we were, deal, about faith deal, and... we were talking about Moses not having enough faith, and yeah. you're reading Dale Moody, George Mueller, and Amy Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Well, I just finished those. I'm reading Gladys Allward now. Ooh, the taking the 200 Chinese orphans across enemy lines. I haven't gotten to that part. I can't wait to get to that part. Chapter one, page one. <laughs> That's my favorite part. And think about it. These great men and women of faith, what God did mm-hmm. with them. Annabelle, what do you want to see happen in your life? Oh, well, you're talking about finding out what God's will is, and that's what I mostly want to know right now because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do at, when I'm done, like, high school. Okay. I want to really know that. Can I tell mm-hmm. you what, what 
God wants for you? Yeah, tell okay, me. Okay, this is easy. He wants you to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. He wants you to know his word inside and out. He wants you to have his word hidden in your heart that you won't sin against him. You focus on knowing Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. He's coming for us, okay? We are going to be sitting next to him, ruling the universe with the Lord, our our. I'm going to say bride. We're the bride. He's groom. the groom. <laughs> He's coming for us. And we're, we're, we, as his bride, are going to be sitting next to him. We're going to be seated next to him and ruling and judging and judging angels. You know, So God is preparing us right now mm-hmm. to become his beautiful, sanctified, knowledgeable, skillful, and wise bride. That's what he's preparing us for. So right now, you need to learn as much as possible about him. I mean, why would you want to marry someone that you don't know everything about, right? (laughs) So you want to know who this groom is that's coming after you. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. You do that. And he, Psalm 1611, got it memorized yet? Okay, you need to memorize it. Psalm 1611, (laughs) I will make known unto you the path of life. And by the way, this is Annabelle. Annabelle sitting between mom and dad. Yes, Annabelle sure I am. is a senior, I take it? Yeah, I am. Senior? Are you the oldest of the nine? Yeah, I am. Nice. Okay. So, Annabelle, memorize this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. Psalm 1611. God says, I will make known unto you the path of life. That's pretty good right there, right? Mm-hmm. In my presence is fullness of joy, and at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. So joy and pleasures in the proximity of God's right hand. So you want to get to know him. Um, It was once told me that if you pursue pleasure first, then um, cost, cost, it'll cost you in the end. But if if you're willing to pay the price first, then pleasure will follow and you'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. My dad used to say, pay now and play later or play now and pay later. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so from here, um, Allie, mm. well, you guys, usually I would say like, boy, if the husband's taking this kind of step in faith, that's kind of difficult for a wife, but it sounds like you guys are kind of on equal grounds here. You're both pursuing this at the same, in the same way. Yeah, I would agree. I would even say maybe sometimes I'm trying to um, push him along in the right direction, like remind him of these verses that we read or something that happened and say, don't worry about it. Let's just keep trying to do what the Lord wants us to do. And kind of like what you were saying, you don't have to worry about the rest. Like he's going to provide the money you need for this and for your new campus or whatever. And God will take us to where he wants us to go. And we just have to practice being obedient daily, like every day. That's so difficult for a wife to... And first of all, I applaud you. This is that's beautiful. You know, I think that's what uh, to have a wife like you have, Jason, is is amazing because she's there to support you. Mm-hmm. She's your she's your support. That that idea of of surrender and um, the big S word submission carries the idea of placing oneself under in order to lift somebody up. Um, hubotasso in the Greek, and so that's that's what you're doing. But you got to be really careful that you don't go too far with it. Because mm-hmm. if he starts to falter, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right because you've got to. He, Jason has to make. He's got to learn some of these things on his own. And if he, if you get to a point where you just feel like you, I don't think because you've got to make the final decision. Sometimes you both are going to mm-hmm. talk it through, but you know, and that's that's not easy, especially if you think 
this might harm your family in some way. I mean, doesn't how do you how do you when do you realize, Jason, that maybe this is the wrong decision? What what makes you make those kinds of decisions where you like? Uh, I think we're not going to do this. Yeah, well, I guess you look for confirmation. You look for people to. I don't know. I believe in seeking out wisdom, and I've asked, look for advice from mentors or that's my good. parents or mm-hmm. my wise peers. Yeah, that's good. And you know, a lot of bouncing ideas off a lot of people, honestly. Mm-hmm. And circle of wagons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. And, that's really good. And that's I. Before I make decisions, I talk to a lot of people, and whether that's, that's a strength or a fault. And sometimes I, that's a we don't feel 100% like, yes, for sure, this is black and white. It's like, mm. 80%. I think this is it, yeah. and we're going to take the step, yep. yeah. and we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Annabelle, how is that for you in a family of nine children? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it was really hard to leave home because I, like that's where I've got all my memories and everything Mm -hmm. but I mean okay it's hard but it's also I feel like I've got a lot closer to God this year because I feel like I need him so much Mm. because it's so hard to leave Mm -hmm. and then I feel like I'm learning a lot of things and I think it's so awesome that dad and mom are doing this Mm -hmm. because we're meeting new people we're getting new experiences and I don't know. You end up in the Lamplighter studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting discount books. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is really, I, I love that. That's that's awesome. Mom and Dad, um, I think of all the things that you're doing right now to influence mm. others is you're influencing your children. They're, they're seeing faith lived out, maybe in, in a ways that they've never seen before. Mm. It's really, well, we've talked about that a little bit over the last year, like, you know, you you sometimes think it's a big thing or like a burning bush moment, mm-hmm. like Molly said. But Ali said the other day, you know, maybe it's just that each day we're getting up with our kids and we're praying with them when they go to bed and blessing mm-hmm. them. And all these tiny millions of tiny moments that occur over a lifetime mm-hmm. have more impact than, you know, the big moment, mm-hmm. the big show, the yeah. big whatever that yeah, happens. That's good. And mm-hmm. it's building this. Foundation, foundation and brick by brick by brick yeah, by yeah, brick. And yeah, then that's good. you've built something hopefully at the end of the day. Can I share something with you as we bring this to a close that I think will be really helpful for all of, all of us? Mm. So in Genesis chapter 15 through 17, <clears throat> God wants to um, cut a covenant with Abraham. Mm. Well, Abram is his name then. And, uh, and Sarai, which is interesting, Sarai is the word for conflict. Sarah is the word for princess. Her sister-in-law is named um, Mekala. I'm not pronouncing it right, but it's the word for queen. Hmm. So her sister-in-law is the queen, and Sarai is the word for conflict. She's constantly in conflict, and she can't have children. And it says about her sister-in-law that she's having all these children. And so she's growing in this family. She's she's growing up in this family where I think the tension is that she's watching her sister-in-law have all these kids, and she's barren. And so um, so poor Sarai, and she's beautiful. But you can't have children. And in Israel, if you can't have children, you're not looked upon very well. So as they as they continue, God steps in the scene with Abram and chooses Abram, one man out of all the people of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he couldn't he couldn't establish the covenant covenant with, with Adam. He couldn't establish the covenant with Noah. And so he's gonna try something completely different. And he's gonna choose one man, and this this time it's gonna be a different type of covenant. Um the other covenants were conditional 
where if they broke the covenant, God wasn't going to bless them. But this time, God is going to have Abraham take some animals and oxen and so forth, and he's going to cut them in half. Um, but the birds, he's not going to cut in half. Molly, um, in the near future, you and I are going to talk about those birds. It's mm-hmm. incredible. They appear. Guess where they appear? They appear in Mark chapter 4. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later. So in order to go through a covenant, the covenant means the word cut, to cut a covenant. And what they do is they cut the animals in half, and then the two people that are going to make this agreement, this promise with one another, they both walk through the middle of the severed animals. They go, and they go around it, and they come back, and they switch, and they form a figure eight, which ties the knot between their promise. And so uh, one of the things that happens in the cutting of the covenant is um, there's a change of identity first where they're given new names. So Abram is now going to be changed to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Sarai is going to be changed to Sarah from conflict to princess. Mm-hmm. Um, Abram to father of many people. And so that's the first thing that happens is the change of names. And God gives us a new name. You know, in, in Revelation, he gives each one of us a new name, a new identity. And when we are when we are in Christ, when we're born again, we're living a second life. We're being born again. We're a new identity. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next thing that happens is there, um, there's an exchange of clothing. They would uh, literally take, change each other's cloaks. You'd wear mine and I'd wear yours. So the people from a distance, as we're in this large field, it usually happened in a field, people from a distance would look and say, well, I, I can't tell who that is. And so you'd have an exchange of identities. After the exchange of identities, um, you'd have a new name, exchange of identities. And then after that, they would take their... their um, a belt off, and they would exchange belts. And the belt was a recognition of, now you have my strength, mm. and you have an exchange of strengths. No longer are you one, you are two. And two are going to become a little bit more powerful than just one. That's what happens in marriage. By the way, this whole covenant deal is an amazing picture of what happens in marriage. Right, right. New, new names, new identity. <laughs> you lose your old name, you have a new name. New identity, you're one, you're no longer two. Now you have your combined forces working together. It's incredible. Then you have an exchange of, of enemies. Um, you, have, you have exchange of, of strength. Now you have an exchange of, of, of enemies. Your enemies now become my enemies. Mm-hmm. My enemies mm-hmm. become your enemies. Now we fight them together. And, um, and now these enemies look at like, whoa, they have combined, they have combined forces. That's why when Isaac would go out, they'd ask him who he was, and he was dealing with the Philistines. And Isaac would say, I'm Isaac, son of Abraham. Like, okay, we'll leave you alone because mm. he's got this force behind him, right? right? Now we go in the name of the Lord. Hmm. We have somebody else that stands behind us. Right. So this, this whole covenant deal is the exchange of amazing stuff that we now are no longer by ourselves. He will go with us everywhere we need him to go with us. He never will leave us. So that's part of the covenant. The next thing that happens in this covenant ceremony is there's an exchange of food. Um, Your food becomes my food. My food becomes your food. And guess what they do? They feed each other the first portions of food. Mm. And they, they... One reaches over to them, (laughs) and the other reaches over to me, and we eat each other's food. That did you guys do that when you're married? I don't. You we didn't had, do the cakes? We had an ice cream cake, so that yeah, was yeah, oh, yeah. That's they do it with they Melt. do it with cake. We should have done it with the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes today they kind of force <laughs> yeah. it in your mouth. It's never and all too that stuff. late. <laughs> but Molly, that's the that's the whole exchange of food in the yeah. marriage ceremony. That's yeah. from the covenant from back in Abraham's day. Mm-hmm. You know, the feeding that. So you got to exchange of food. All of these parts of the covenant 
are amazing that God allows us to realize that we not only have a new identity, new strength, we, we work, we, we overcome each other's enemies, but what God does with Abraham next is unbelievable. So when the two people then go through the ceremony, they make a promise that if you don't keep your side of the bargain, then, um, or if I don't keep my side of the bargain, then based on this covenant of walking through those severed pieces, the cutting of this covenant meant that you now have the right to cut me in half. Hmm. I don't deserve to live if I break my side of the bargain. And it's the same deal with marriage. You know, God says, what God has joined together, let no man do what? Tear asunder. Put asunder, cut in half. Let no man separate, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the marriage, the marriage was intended, intended to be bulletproof. It was intended never to be violated, never to be separated. It's once for all. And, and, but there, there are people that fall today, people that get divorced and so forth, um, people that make promises with God and they don't keep the promises. So what makes this so amazing is that God says to Abraham, Walk before me and be what? Perfect. Hmm. And Abraham, can you imagine, Molly, if God... No pressure. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to make this covenant between you and me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm God. You and God. Okay. And God says, now, here's the deal. Walk before me and be perfect. Be a little frightening. And if you don't keep your side of the bargain, guess what happens to you? Hmm. You get cut in half. <laughs> Severed. That's what the covenant debt did with people you you were promising to keep your side of the bargain if you didn't they had the right to kill you did abraham have a choice in accepting no interesting here's what happened god said to abraham he didn't say it but it's inferred i know you can't keep your side of the bargain (laughs) therefore i'm going to put you to sleep just like i did with adam and god puts abraham to sleep And God walks through the severed pieces himself. Mm-hmm. And God makes a promise based on his own self that if Abraham doesn't keep his side of the bargain, God will pay the price and God will be severed. Mm-hmm. And at the cross, that's exactly what happened. Father, why have you forsaken me? At the cross, God pays the price for Abraham's disobedience. Mm-hmm. We can't keep that covenant. But God will keep it himself so that we can have the fulfillment of a complete covenant. Right. And so Jesus comes along the scene, and guess what Jesus does? I'm going to give you a new covenant, a new testament, based in my blood. Hmm. And take and eat. This is my food. Hmm. And drink. This is my cup. And take the robe of righteousness. Here's your new robe. Mm-hmm. And Jesus does all these amazing things in the new covenant based on his blood, based on everything that he did. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. Exchange of enemies, new power, new strength, new food, new everything based on everything that he did, mm-hmm. not what we do. And we can rest in that amazing promise of his. It's not what we can do. It's not, we don't have to, we want to. Now we want to because of what he did. Right. But he knows we're going to fail, so therefore he did it all for us. Mm. You can't earn what he did on the cross. So I just wanted to share that. I, mm. I've been reading this book on the covenants by uh, James Garlow, 
it's rocked my world. Wow. I'm like, whoa, this takes the pressure off of me. But actually, it adds a little bit of pressure, not because, not a guilt pressure, but a pressure that I want to please him more, right. mm-hmm. you know, because of what he's done for me. So uh, I hope that all of you, as you leave here, that you'll be able to enjoy the promises of God because mm-hmm. they come unconditionally. Right. They're not based on a condition of how well you do. That he just wants to love you. and He wants you to enjoy his love. Mm. And uh, so you get to experience that. And I hope that that's what happens to you as a family. Well, thank you. As you leave mm, here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. I'll receive that. <laughs> Ellie, what do you think? <laughs> that was great. I had never thought about, um, like, putting Abraham and doing that and connected it with Jesus. Mm. Mm. I never had either. For us. Like, that was a new thought That's the new covenant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I never connected it back to Abraham. I was like, oh, that's good. Interesting, interesting. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're so thankful that, you know, we can make mistakes. And yeah. I'm so thankful that God, you know, sometimes, you know, if your kids are frustrating you or doing something wrong and you kind of just want to, like, punish them or, like, <laughs> you know, there's a consequence and then I think how, you know, we've been forgiven. I mean, we still get consequences for different things, mm-hmm. but just how much we've been forgiven yeah. for. And it makes me, I guess I'm just tying this back to my kids. It makes me think more about, too, being so forgiving and loving towards our kids mm. um, so that they know how much we love them. Mm-hmm. And how much not, God loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. As the Father has compassion upon his children, so the Lord has compassion upon us. The word compassion in Hebrew is the word for a mother's womb. Mm. Safe, protected, full of the best place nurturing. To be. Yeah, a, a protected place. <laughs> That's where God wants us to be. Jason, what do you th- what do you think of all of this? Um, well, it reminded me of I've thought a lot about Abraham this year, and and mm. I heard of I I was reading through Genesis last week through the Abra- beginning of Abraham's story too, and how God told him to go to a place I will show you. I know. And he didn't say, go to Canaan, yeah. go to Bethlehem. That's good. Go to yeah. Mount Morris, New York. He, yeah. did, he said, go to a place I will lead you. And then Abraham had to pack up his whole organization, his nephew, yeah. his assets, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, And he didn't know where they were going. Mm-hmm. And just, But he took the next step. Mm-hmm. He took the next step, which was to go. And God provided and God showed the way. Actually, you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> now, what you just said three weeks ago is exactly what I would have said. Uh, and you've learned something new. In this book. <laughs> yeah, God told him to get rid of, not get rid of, God told him to separate himself from this family, mm. from his kindred. Well, he said, leave your father's house. <clears throat> and, and get away from your father's, from your kindred, your father's house, and your land. Mm. But he doesn't. He goes with Because he takes Lot with him? And his father. Uh-huh. And he goes all the way to Haran. And his father takes over, and his father brings him as far as the land, and then his father dies. Hmm. And then he takes Lot with him. He was never supposed to take Lot with him. That's interesting. Yeah. And Lot was a, you know, was a burden to him. All the, you know, he gets mm. some problems. Yeah. Yeah. So God wanted him to separate completely, and he, and he doesn't, which is, you know, when we're making decisions to follow God's will. I remember when hmm. Debbie and I left Mount Morris 30 years ago. It was a huge thing. Everyone thought we were crazy. You know, because our, we have this huge extended family here, and and I, and 
I knew God wanted us to leave. I don't. I need. I need to go to seminary and study the Bible. There was no question whatsoever. You know. So my story is a little interesting because it might help you guys. When I was trying to discern whether I should leave or not, we had everything we wanted. We just built a brand new home. <laughs> everything we, you say sounds. We just were in it for like the summer. The summer. Okay. We built this beautiful home on this all these acres up there in the woods, and we're like we're going to live the dream. Twenty miles away, I was the uh, I was this assistant pastor of the church. Mm. We had a Christian school. I was the principal, and I was loving it. It was living the dream. How right? many kids? One hundred eighty students. No, how many kids did you have? Oh, at I that had time? three children, and um, and I just loving life, you know. And and God, literally speaking, not literally vocally, but speaks to me in His Word that I need to go and study the Word. I need mm. to study Hebrew and Greek, and I need to leave. Mm. And I'm like. Whoa. And it was this passage in Abraham, leave your family, leave your kindred. And I'm like, whoa. And I, I would start writing dates down when God would speak to me mm. next to his words. <clears throat> and uh, I decided, okay, this is a big decision. So I need confirmation with people. So I started asking people, do you think God wants me to go and get a degree to become a pastor someday? <laughs> you know, and everybody is like, yes, except for my senior pastor. He was like, he was like, we need you here. No, 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 no. He was like, maybe God can use you. <laughs> moderate antagonist. Yes, he was my moderate antagonist. Long story short is that I, I needed to figure out where God wanted us to go. And so I want to go to Dallas Theological Seminary or the Master Seminary in California with John MacArthur. Obviously, you know, if you're going to go to seminary, you got to go to one of those two places. Or... Westminster, you know, so those are the three top schools, Westminster, Dallas Theological, or Master Seminary. And I, um, I sent letters out to people like, can I, is there a place that we could stay? And we couldn't afford it. There's no way for us to afford moving all that distance mm-hmm. with three kids. There's no way. And the little school in Pennsylvania, little Baptist seminary in Pennsylvania, was the one place I knew I would not go to. Mm-hmm. Through a series of circumstances, God just opened the door for me to go there. And it was the most extraordinary experience I've ever experienced. It prepared me mm. to do what I'm doing today. Mm. And so we left. And while we, when we left, during that time, Lamputer Ministries got started. And as a result, we published these books. And as a result of publishing those books, my dad got saved. Huh. Oh, you know. And so wow. uh, amazing. Yeah. And so he just God opens the doors when we follow Him, and Amen. He does things that are unexpected. Mm. Okay, Allie. Jason, Molly, it's been a pleasure. I've um, what a great way to start 2023. Yeah, can I pray over you guys? Please do. Uh, (laughs) Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this family. And Lord, as they leave here, um, Lord, they don't know where they're going. So um, guide them, Lord. Open new doors for them, Um, wherever that might be. Lord, match his skill set. Thank you for Allie, Lord, and her support of her husband, and the mom of all these children, Lord, preparing them to know you and to serve you and to love you. Uh, Lord, um, use this family in a mighty way. Um, Lord, open doors in which they cannot even imagine that you're going to open so that you might be greatly glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. 
To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.